0: Making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.
1: Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher-Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're visiting with Father Fabian Mancada, pastor of Our Lady of America's Parish in Des Moines. He's going to tell us all about the history, devotions, and traditions of the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which is this upcoming Monday, December 12th. But before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the bishop's mind. We
0: you know that grand feast, not only for our uh, Mexican and Hispanic friends, mm. but for, for the church uh, in the, you know, the American continent. Mm-hmm. So uh, obviously the... the Uh, Our lady, uh, bringing us great graces and we we'll look forward to talking to him. Yes. I've appreciated and again getting to different communities within the diocese. Last week we were, I was at Corpus Christi Council of Love's twice for the oh. Diocesan Council of Catholic Women hosting their annual vocation appreciation mass. So mm-hmm. clergy of the area and women religious as well were there and so it's always a, a, an affirming moment and so thanks to the those uh, fine women of faith to, to host us and kind of that complementarity of vocations that we're able. And then the 10th anniversary of the Catholic Foundation of South Iowa, just to kind of commemorate that on Sunday morning, but uh, again, a chance to be uh, with those folks and to celebrate with them, kind of acting uh, administrator, pastor, uh, Father Ross Parker has been there with Father Jake Epstein and uh, doing a great job. Uh, thinking about Father Ross, uh, next weekend, the 17th and 18th is kind of an annual opportunity for men who are considering the priesthood, considering a vocation to come together to some reflection at the Jesuit Retreat Center in Griswold, Iowa. That's a marvelous spot and whether it snows or whether the the fall leaves are still evident on that way, it's a chance just to be together. Father Ross kinda of coordinates that some reflections. I'll be present as well. Chance to just uh, have some down-to-earth conversations for men. Some of those questions about priesthood, what this is all about, this rumbling in their hearts. And it's a, it's just a chance in a very informal and non-threatening way to, to just be together and listen to some of the seminarians and their vocational path. Obviously, everyone's path is unique, but I think there are also resonances for all of us as the Lord's call kind of comes to us. Not to disturb us or to, to throw us off or to downsize our lives, but to liberate our hearts, to give us that peace that says, yes, I can do." Uh, take this step forward wherever God will lead me and to respond to that call. So if you uh, anyone listening, and uh, certainly men anywhere from uh, uh, college age uh, up till their 30s, or perhaps it would be a prime opportunity, you could email Parker at dot and and I'm sure we could accommodate you next weekend. So that would be great to, to have you there. And it's just also a nice way to prepare ourselves in the last part of Advent for Christmas and the peacefulness of that place and the beauty of God's creation and the beauty of Eucharistic uh, time together in adoration, I think just really speaks to men's hearts. Uh, looking forward to this coming weekend as well. The opportunity to be with the folks at St. Patrick's in Lenox, uh, celebrating 150 years uh, for them. Uh, Father Emmanuel Bassey, their administrator. Hosting us for that, and then there's going to be a kind of an Advent uh, prayer musical concert at St. Ambrose Cathedral. There's several concerts coming up mm-hmm. uh, in the weeks ahead, but this is one kind of sponsored with an international flavor, with the uh, you know, Burmese community, the Eritrean community, singing some of their music that uh, Advent and Christmas. So, uh, and then also the opportunity to support the prospect of some young people making it to uh, uh, NCYC, the National Catholic Youth Conference, mm-hmm. maybe even World. Youth Day in Lisbon, Spain next year. It takes place in uh, late uh, July, early August of 2023. So uh, well represented on that. So invite the folks to consider that. And then obviously then we move into the vigil uh, of Our Lady of Guadalupe that night. And I'll be present at the Our Lady of America's Church as Father Fabian has graciously invited me to have a little message before they, they start their pilgrimage uh, going forward. So Grateful to do that. I also just want to share some news that I shared with the Daconate community. Uh, We're going to... uh, this past week, uh, Deacon Jim Houston of St. Pius in Urbandale assumed the position of director, director of the Permanent Diaconate Program for the Diocese of Des Moines. So that's a new position, but kind of brings some coherence to all that we're about. And then Deacon Matt Halbach of St. Luke's in Ankeny will take the reins from Deacon Ron Myers as the director of their formation. So some, some new faces in these roles. But I think continuity of spirit, but also that freshness, that uh, that vocation too, is something we want to call forth in our diocese.
1: All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Making a Personal with Bishop Johnson. Welcome to Making it Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Musher collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're visiting with Father Fabian Mancara, pastor of Our Lady of the Americas Parish in Des Moines, to talk about the history, devotions, and traditions of the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which is this upcoming Monday, December 12th.
0: Thank you for being with us, Father Fabian. See, Kelly, even just the very mention of your name brings joy and then and, and laughter in Sorry, a because I didn't pronounce it correctly. Yeah, you're a man of great passion and spirit and uh, you know, kind of igniting. But uh, Pastor of Our Lady of America's Parish for how long? How many years now? Six years and a couple of months more couple months more. Okay. Right. All right. Well, obviously the, the renewal, grateful that, that service to the diocese and uh, I'll be there. It's a dynamic ministry. It's not, you know, where two days are never alike. I mean, I don't think any priest would say that, but uh, a unique uh, personality, if you will, the parish, but uh, peoples of, of different uh, you know, homelands and things, as well as natives coming uh, here to be
2: together. Absolutely. Uh, so we have the largest community in the Hispanic, uh, uh, the metro area. And as you mentioned, the majority of our congregation came from Mexico. Also, we had Salvadorians, Nicaraguans, Argentinians, Ecuadorians, Peruvians, Chileans (laughs) Chileans <laughs> and a Brazilians as well, mm. and Puerto Rico, <laughs> Puerto, Puerto Rico, Puerto, yes, Puerto Rico. Always. But is, you run a mass in Portuguese, right? Yes. No, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't. I <laughs> just few Colombians, including the pastor, <laughs> including <laughs> the pastor.
0: So yeah. So so you know we, we don't want to just kind of blend and know, right? There are devotions to various appearances of, of Mary and everything. But here, as we stand today on the feast day of uh, Blessed Juan Diego, Saint Juan.
2: Absolutely, Diego. absolutely. And as you know. In many uh, of the Marian evocations in Latin America, the Blessed Virgin Mary is present. The Emperatrice of America, led by Our Lady of Guadalupe. And today, San Diego feasts as well, you know? Uh, So we celebrate San Juan Diego, the indigenous Mexican Catholic convert whose encounter with with a Virgin Mary began the church devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Tremendous, and fifteen thirty-one this year, and uh, correct, yeah.
0: And Juan was just a low-profile person, not a man remarkable in his community, but
2: but a leader perhaps of sorts. uh. And absolutely, it's very interesting that kind of comment, Bishop, because sometimes the Blessed Virgin Mary did not choose intellectual people, you know, sophisticated people, simple people. In this case, an indigenous. So that is a very proactive and a a merit about a conversion. And at the same time, how the Lord manifests his glory to simple people. Oh. Like you and me. Sorry. Thank Bernadette and, <laughs> and others as well. But I mean, and
0: every time the story is told, new layers are unfolded for me. I mean, even in its simplicity, there's so much richness and texture to this. Uh, so St. Juan, was he already a, a man who had uh, embraced the Christian faith uh, proclaimed by the Spaniards? or so, And was he a catechist in any way?
2: So let's back to uh, 1474, 50 years before receiving the name of Juan Diego at his baptism, a boy named Hey, hey, bravo! <laughs> <laughs> meaning, meaning, meaning in, in English, singing eagle was born in the Anahuac Valley of present-day of Mexico. Through rise according to the Aztec pagan religion and culture, he showed an unusual and mystical sense of life even before hearing the gospel from the Franciscan missionaries. Mm. Very interesting. So he was a spiritual man, and absolutely, his, you know, God. It's, of- it's something. Previous. It's providential how the Lord will be choosing simple people but special hearts. No?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And already that maybe that inclination, that longing, the Holy Spirit already opening him up to the mystery that was proclaimed by the Franciscan missionaries as well. So baptized and uh, already present.
2: In uh, 1524, uh, San Juan Diego and his wife converted and entered The Catholic Church, the farmer now known as Juan Diego, was committed to his faith, often walking long distances to receive religious instruction. In December of 1531, he will be uh, the recipient of a world changing miracle. Oh, and Is he on his way to church early in the morning? Exactly, Uh exactly. uh San Juan Diego, December the night, was hurrying to Mass to celebrate the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. But the woman he was heading to the church to celebrate came to him instead. And this story... Of our Lady Guadalupe <laughs> <laughs> So,
0: you know, the, the, the patron of the Immaculate Conception, obviously the doctrine proclaimed uh, later on, you know, in that way, but uh, already uh, the, the national patron of the United States. But here we have something that transcends the national boundaries here as Our Lady appeared to to Juan Diego um, Overwhelming? He didn't identify or recognize her at first? No. Okay. So Our Lady, subtle, uh, respectful in Mm -hmm.
2: in her way, but also... uh, And always uh, kindness, not scandalous. Always as a tender mother approaches, you know? Mm -hmm. During the apparitions, the Blessed Virgin Mary said to Juan Diego, My son, I love you. I desire you to know who I am. I am the every Virgin Mary, mother of the true God, who give us life and maintains its existence. He created all things. He is in all places. He is Lord of heaven and earth. And I desire a church in this place where your people may experience my compassion. All those who sincerely ask for my help in their work and in their sorrows will know their mothers near in this place. Here I will see their fears and I will console men and they will be at peace. (laughs) Words worth pondering
0: and praying over, you know, uh, as he received them. So, really, kind of a a new shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, a new shoot in that of of a church that she envisioned. That maybe his pilgrimage would be reduced in distance, but would be ever, ever more, uh, I think, uh, attractive and inviting to flourish.
2: A new experience with a motherhood of God in our life, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's present. Is present
0: mm-hmm. and did one yes you know right away or was there was there some kind of coming to fathom what this meant and you know, how did the Blessed Mother uh, in her compassion help him to come to even great faith and trust that this was a, a genuine uh,
2: manifestation. This is an, a an, a very interesting point because nobody expecting that the, these kind of people will be access to that transcendental manifestation. The, the Blessed Virgin Mary continued talking to Juan Diego and said clearly, Know for certain that I am the perfect and ever Virgin Mary, mother of the true God. Here I will show and offer all my love, my compassion, my help and protection. I am your merciful mother, the mother of all who love me of those who cry to me, of those who have confidence in me. I will hear their weeping and their sorrows, their necessities and misfortunes. Listen and let it penetrate your heart. Do not fear any illness or anguish or pain. Am I not here who am your mother? Are you not under my shadow and protection? Am I not your fountain of life? Are you not in the folds of my mantle, in the crossing of my arms? Is there anything else
0: you need? <laughs> Enchanting words, consoling
2: words. Uh, it's completely falling, falling standard, like a, you know. Like a rainfall on ex- one's heart. Is the extension of the voice of God through the mother that always taking care of the childhood.
0: Yeah, so maybe just to, to step out of those words themselves, which are worth pondering, we have those because Juan recounted this then to, to someone who wrote these down for us to have today, that this was the message? or. You know, and then communicating with the bishop. And maybe it wasn't Juan who was circumspect, but, you know, bishops, you know, sometimes, you know, they're a little circumspect, hopefully not skeptical. Uh, I don't anyway. go through, but
2: I, believe, <laughs> I believe, but I believe that. But at the same time, it's very inspirational words that probably enlighten us a little bit more about encounter the Blessed Virgin Mary and also invite us to be in the first line to enjoy that kind of present and manifestation in our hearts. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: So, you know, her love for for not only Juan, but for all of these people,
0: her love as as a mother of God. And uh, Archbishop uh, Luis Maria Martinez, the primate of Mexico in the 1930s and 40s, as he preached and reflected on this, he made the connection between the appearance or the coming together of the church fathers at Ephesus in 431, linking this with 1531, you know the, the awareness that uh, mary truly is the mother of god not simply the mother of, of the human jesus but as a divine person she is the mother of god and she used those words herself in speaking to juan diego in 1531 and by the way uh in nine years from now we'll be thinking about the fifth centenary of this appearance at uh,
2: tepeyac and it still be new gospel the good news, again, from the voice of the Blessed Virgin Mary to invite us to join Jesus Christ himself. That is, that is, that is very remarkable for us. And it's very interesting, also, that demographic ex- exploration about this reality. It's in a completely illiterate community, illiterate people that uh, only open hearts and minds to receive the graces from the Blessed Virgin Mary. And San Juan Diego represents for us an ambassador of the migrants, not only in terms of minorities. I can speak about migrants in terms of all of us that do not know deeply our faith. And this kind of manifestation enlightens us more and more in open spectrum how God loves us, especially to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And and you know I think you
0: expand this uh, circle of of, of migrants, you know, and I think you know many people here in the United States identify themselves as having come here from somewhere else, and I I myself would certainly be you know second generation uh, descendant. uh, But uh, but we're on a pilgrimage, and a pilgrimage together that you know we think about accompanying each other as our Holy Father continues to speak of. But as always. Mary, Jesus, who Mary are Jesus. in our midst, you know, sometimes in a, in a very subtle, even hidden profile that they give us. But uh, this manifestation, we should at least touch on the tilma and the significance there and the miracle then that sprung, sprung forth. It's a story that never grows too old <laughs> and, uh, uh, and how the bishop was eventually led to... to to believe and to
2: to verify that this was uh, the woman who she was, who she said she was. Always the, the bishops had been acting as a stewardship of the faith, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, so, <laughs> well, thank you. That, that's a kind way of saying it. <laughs> it's, in a, it's in a diplomatic manner to say, let me double check. Let me, let me double check to be sure what happened here. Trust would yeah. verify. Trust would <laughs> verify. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so we will we'll be very interesting based on that request from the bishop what happened in the tilma. The tilma have very, very interesting data. Obviously we, we don't have plenty of time to describe carefully. But the tilma defies the efforts of science to explain its creation. Regarding with this creation, no method and art of technology has been identified that could have produced the image. Like the shroud of Turin, it is much like a photograph. The shroud, a negative image. The tilma, a positive image. (laughs) Regarding its survival, the tilma has survived for 500 years, despite being made of cactus fiber, which typically disintegrates in 20 to 40 years. Now that's something else I've learned here today. So <laughs> for much of that time it was exposed and covered to the heat, humidity and sunlight of the church where it was displayed as well as the veneration of the people. Nitric acid was spilled on the tilma in 1791 and it repaired miraculously with no external aid. Mm. How explain it that you know? Mm -hmm. Unprotected. So it wasn't part of an analysis. The nitric acid. It was just an accidental. Uh, An accidental. But it is very (laughs) unprotected. It survived. Mm On scattered the bomb attack in 1921, which damaged the altar and then a brass crucifix upon it.
0: And we know that was a great era of great persecution, you yes. know, yeah, the, the government and the, the Catholics. You know, the martyrdom of uh, the,
2: the, the Christ bearers and all who witnessed to Jesus. And once again, the Blessed Virgin Mary shows that not hatredness, no discrepancies, can conquer the love of the Mother to God through their beloved children. You know, the position of the stars and the image conform. To the constellation as they were on December 12, 1521, when the image was created. Recent investigations have shown that when the Tilma is enlarged 2,500 times, the Virgin Mary's eye has the reflection of all the people who were present when the Tilma was revealed to the Archbishop. Hmm. How we explain that? <laughs> I mean this kind of very unexpected data and at the same time extraordinary expressions only can conquer by love and faith. Mm-hmm. Even the science cannot prove that <laughs> even it still be an a fate. Completely manifestation from God to that blessed virgin, and, Mary. and
0: until the analytical techniques arose to discover, and, and unlock these hidden depths of, of the image and all that's there. So, which I have not personally ever been able to see, but uh, Our Lady of uh, Americas mm-hmm. will be carrying an image in, in pilgrimage uh, this uh, this coming uh, this, uh, Sunday night, yeah, December yes. 11th. Yeah, as you make your way from Our Lady of the Americas to St. Ambrose Cathedral in the annual custom and pilgrimage.
2: And it's very interesting how you mentioned that because that connection is the people of God wants to continue honoring the Blessed Virgin Mary. Oh, we'll have to hear more after the break.
1: <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio on the Spirit Catholic Radio. We're going to be back with Father Fabian to talk about Our Lady of the Americas and Our Lady of Guadalupe. Welcome back to Making It Personal, Bishop Johnson. We are back with Father Fabian Moncada to talk about the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe.
0: So, obviously, as Blessed Mother requested in 1531, the Basilica was built and uh, a place of massive pilgrimage. But let's fast forward to 2022, right here in Des Moines, and the pilgrimage that will take
2: place from Our Lady Americas on December 11th. Absolutely, Bishop. It's very interesting how the people. Educate myself in terms of the love, devotion, and fidelity to Our Lady of Guadalupe in our parish because pilgrim from Our ladies to the cathedral represent for the community as a migration from my local church to the Episcopal church or the diocesan church as well. And it's the same message from Our Lady that enlightens us to moving from our local affection and faith to the Community and ecclesiastical faith as well, and this is very remarkable uh, moment in our in our parish and our diocese as well. May I say that with all respect to another <laughs> sister parishes as well <laughs> there are other parishes that have pilgrimage uh, we 're focusing on the uh, 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 the, the epicenter <laughs> of all pilgrimage <laughs> uh, uh, absolutely <laughs> and, and I mentioned this because the dress, the food, the music, the dances is not only for uh, to be part of it is to express my gratitude my love my tender she is my my mother she is my mother when you when you approach the people that that night with a very low temperatures and walking and singing and pray the holy rosary you really said something happened here and then when we approach the the cathedral almost full of the cathedral even if we have, as, as the last year, 500 people walking, we find more people at the cathedral. So more than full house is the spirit of the migrants that moving in terms of faith and also moving us as, as a clergy, as a, uh, yes, clergy, to set more in a pastoral approach to understand the culture, the way to conquer by faith many souls for God to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mm.
0: And as a man in Christ, obviously your devotion to the Blessed Mother is already here, but as a, a Colombian now, your appreciation and your, your pastoral solicitude for your people, that this has become your own uh, love expression uh, that's given here, your own devotion in this way. Is, an image is born, right? They, they process with an image. And uh, is it so large that it has to, to take turns uh, with the image? Absolutely.
2: And uh, we, we have, first of all, we have two big icons <laughs> of Our Ladies. And, and obviously we have the statue of the Blessed Virgin. Mary. We decide to move it in a trailer, the Blessed Virgin Mary, because people had been fighting to take the Blessed Virgin Mary, <laughs> not in terms to be to be the movie star, but to have the Blessed Virgin Mary close to them. Mm-hmm. So, this is a very remarkable moment, especially when we walk in, people are still pregnant women, babies, children, oldest, youngest. I mean, is, is the Church of Christ moving by the singing sounds of the Rosary and the and to praise God to the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is a very remarkable moment for me. Mm. In fact, in short, to, to be general, a short story, my older brother lives in Mexico. He lives in, in Querétaro, and he's in, in Mexico thanks to Our Lady of Guadalupe, based on the devotion of my mother. My mother was encouraged Our Lady of Guadalupe to help her with mm. him, and now he is established in Mexico for the last. 18, 19 years. Yeah, don't mess with the Blessed Mother. She, she, <laughs> she has her ways. So
0: very influential. Uh, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, the festivities of Surround, Obviously, the Eucharist at the Central. We only have probably 30 seconds left here. But uh, then does it continue
2: on into the night after the midnight
0: mass? Or
2: uh, After the midnight mass, we have that daily mass because normally our church is open because the people wants to offer roses to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And pink and red pink and red <laughs> is that, is a that, is the manner and color preference for the people to honor in our lady Mm, obviously, the music, the festivity, the food—traditional yes. you know. Mexican food as that
0: dresses uh,
2: traditional Mexican
0: as well. So, our listeners, particularly in Central Iowa, but maybe from around, who might want to partake—they're just welcome to come. There's no Absolutely feeling that they would be uh, strangers us, uh, in any
2: way—strangers, Anglo, African, whatever. And remember, San Jean Paul II. She is the Imperatrice of Americas, and Americas start Alaska until the Patagonia. Mm. So all America with a core of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Beautiful.
0: Oh, may the, the night be filled with stars on,
1: on Sunday night. This has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. You
0: can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Making It Personal is provided by Sarah Vocations Ministry. Learn more at join serra.org.